virtually certain there's some high-value target there. I'm just not sure it's Bin Laden. Well, this is a little bit of a cluster isn't it? I'd like to know what Maya thinks. We're all incorporating her assessment DARS. 100% he's there. Okay, fine. 95% because I know certainty freaks you guys out, but it's 100 What is up? And welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, a podcast where four friends sit around and review movies that you absolutely should have seen by now, but one of us hasn't. My name's Tyler, I'm and Scott. I'm here with three of my best friends. <laughs> That's Scott. I'm Zach. I'm, and I'm Jake. <laughs> Scott was wasting no time with the intros this week, interrupting Tyler's intro to get his own. <laughs> I felt last week I was too slow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, like there's 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 like a time in between <laughs> ten minutes in and while Tyler is less than one minute in. You know. Sorry, I'm still work. I'm new to this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Almost a hundred episodes in. <laughs> It, it takes me normally a hundred times doing something before I get it right. So I still yeah. have a couple more. That's episodes. what you learned on your last podcast. Yeah. Yeah. By yeah. episode a hundred, you kind of yeah. got the swing of things. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's the, what's that like stat like that people throw around about mastery that it takes like 10,000 hours. I think to so. 10,000 hours. Yeah. Or people say it takes uh 21 days in a row to create a habit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we either have to record this episode 21 days in a row or we have we to get through our 10,000th episode. Yeah. Yeah, or thereabouts. We, we, we've gone long a few times. We've gone short a few times. It's Do probably, you think we'll get to 10,000? Yeah, definitely. 100%. When, <laughs> the, the confidence on that was... Yeah, just, like, just like Jessica Chastain. Well, you put it at 95. <laughs> I'm not, 95 because certainty freaks you guys out. Yeah, thank you. I but it's 100. <laughs> Wait, is it 100 or is it 10,000? Yeah. <laughs> Jake, how confident are you that we'll get to 100? Not that confident. <laughs> Not as confident as, as, as Maya. Yeah. If we can get to 100, we're for sure going to do 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. So at like 50, at 40 episodes a year, how long would it take us to do 10,000? <laughs> yeah. A long time. Yeah. <laughs> That's some quick math. Uh, well, we're hitting 103. So three times another 100. So 300 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> easily, easily. So what you're saying is we will never be masters of podcasting. We, what, we'll, what we need to do is just pick up our pace. If we start releasing a movie. Oh. So instead of releasing weekly, we release daily. Yeah, if we release daily, we can get there. Yeah, because okay. 10,000 days, that's what, like 20 years? It'd be three times... 100. Okay, anyway. This, yeah, this got not... <laughs> no, three times 10. <laughs> yeah, 30 sure. years. 30 got, years. It's got not interesting really fast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I immediately regret it. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that Scott would be quicker at that math. Oh, I've never smarter. seen Scott so... Move it along. I've never seen Scott so broken as saying that'd be three <laughs> times 100 <laughs> and then sit there and I was like, am I stupid or is it 300? <laughs> no, it's because 100 was wrong. I was like, wait a second, 100's not right. And I think so. three was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no three okay anyway times three gets to a thousand times ten yeah all right ten thousand <laughs> well we are uh reviewing you might not have recognized uh from that audio clip uh but you know you clicked play on this episode so i assume you know that we are reviewing zero dark 30 uh our our back-to-back catherine bigelow i'm scott <laughs> <laughs> sorry was that not it 
No, you nailed it that okay, time. Okay, cool. Yeah, you nailed it. Scott, you want to take a little nap? <laughs> <laughs> Scott has early onset uh, dementia <laughs> happening yeah. right now. It's a... Uh, 10 a.m. and Scott is sundowning. <laughs> well, Ty, you nominated this one. Why don't you tell us uh, what what brought it to our our viewing pleasure? Yeah, you know, I was I, I kind of mentioned this last week, but I uh, really when when Zach said Point Break uh, when he put that on the list, I was even more excited uh, to do another Catherine Bigelow movie, and uh, I had really been waffling between this and Hurt Locker. Um, but I just enjoy this movie more than Hurt Locker. Uh, and so I decided to nominate it. Um, I have seen this quite a few times. Uh, I really like this movie. Uh, but the first time I saw it was actually with Zach. We were on a, a road trip and we took a little bit of a break in Washington or Oregon. Maybe it was in Medford, Oregon. We pulled off the road. Uh, was it really in Medford? It was in Medford. We pulled off the road to uh, to take a little bit of a break and caught this movie. So it was I it, I don't even think it was like opening night or anything. It was just yeah. I don't think I don't I don't know. I don't remember. That's crazy though that that was back in 2012 that we took that road trip. Yeah, like ten years ago. Yeah, ten years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, that's why I decided to nominate this. Uh, Scott, will you uh, hit us with a little bit of the facts? I will. This was, as we said, directed by Catherine Bigelow. It was written by Mark Boll. It released on December 19th, 2012. Had a runtime of 157 minutes. Other guys give this a 91%. IMDb gave it a 7.4, so they disagree a little bit on that one. Quite a bit. Uh, box office of $133 million and a budget of $40 million. It won uh, Best Sound Editing. And was nominated for four others, uh, Best Picture, Best Leading Actress, Best Writing, and Best Film Editing. I really would have loved if she would have gotten Best Picture for this rather than Hurt Locker. But uh, Hurt Locker is honestly probably a, a more perfect movie. Like, it's it's really good. You guys have seen Hurt Locker, right? I have not. We may We may yet do it. I have seen Hurt Locker. Uh, I don't remember much about it. I've only seen that one once, but I'm with you that I like Zero Dark Thirty more. I may feel differently if I rewatched Hurt Locker now, um, but my memory tells me that I liked Zero Dark Thirty more. What, uh, Zach, uh, we know that I know, and and we now know because I've already said it, that you've seen this before, but Jake and Scott, were you both late bloomers to this movie? or I hadn't seen it. I had seen this, and I'd also seen Hurt Locker. I think... I remember Hurt Locker just feeling super long. Like yeah, that's it my, is. It is a little slow. So I think, and I actually had feelings of that in this one. Yeah, it is. Um, but I would say I like this one more. That was I. I did. I feel like this movie was a little bit, a little bit too long when I was watching it, and I, it could have been because of the time I was watching it. I watched it last night at like, I don't know. I started at like ten, almost ten. Uh, and I just had to watch it. And then I paused it and like I was watching it on Apple TV and I thought it was showing me the total time of the movie when it said an hour 54. And I was like, that feels right. But then I realized it was an hour 54 left. left. And I was like, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> this is, I'm, 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 I'm not going to get through this. I'm tired. So I just, I, I, uh, 
had to push through. I, I put ice water on the back of my neck. And then I got back <laughs> For that's, real? Yeah. That's the most like, uh, like, like old East coast Jewish mother. Like, well, I, I, I was like, maybe I'll make a cup of tea. And I was like, but I gotta go to sleep, you know? So, so maybe I'll make a cup of tea. So instead I put ice water on my neck. Yeah. Woke me up. Got me through. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, we used to do like midnight releases on video games. Uh-huh. And, uh, there, I think it was call of duty two when call of duty two came out. It was something where like I knew all my friends were going to be playing through the night. And so I was like, I was like, and you guys know me, like I like to sleep. I don't (laughs) like to stay up. And uh, so I had bought energy drinks. um, And then I also did like that kind of stuff. I just kept like cold like rags in my room that I could like put on myself. And and then I got to like five o'clock in the morning and I was out of energy drinks and everything. And I just made sugar water. (laughs) Sugar water. Sugar water. So... So a little bit of my life for a little bit. I've never related to something less. I know. Yeah. I was like, I got to stay up because I got to keep playing this stupid video. game. (laughs) I love video games. Uh, I've never once done that. You know, I, so I stayed up for midnight release and played. I took the next day off from work. Yeah. And I played until like midnight the next night. Oh my gosh. Like I played all day. I remember because I like prestiged in the first day. Did you sleep at all? No. Wow. You just, it was a 48 hour. So it was from five, it was from 5 a.m. to midnight on sugar water. <laughs> no, by that time, I, I like think, the sun was up and yeah, it's, yeah. it's easy to stay up when it's light out. Yeah. Yeah. Not when you haven't slept. Yeah. It is when you're playing video games. Okay. You know, I'll take, uh, I'll, I'll take, take your, your word. word. Yeah. <laughs> so Zach, what, uh, what, uh, did you think giving this another watch? Uh, I liked it. I still like this movie uh, a lot. I think this is my third time, third or fourth time watching this movie. Um, yeah, I, I just think that overall it's a solid movie. Uh, I think that there's like a few things about it that I, I don't love. This may have been my least favorite time watching it, but not by much. And I don't mean to say that, that like I didn't enjoy it. I still like it a lot. I think it does feel a little slow at times. Um, but overall, like I feel like for, for what it's doing, for giving us so much at times tedious information, it still is interesting pretty much the entire time. Um, I think it's a really interesting story. I think it's an important story. I think there's a lot of really good acting in it. I overall, I think it's, it's a a great movie. Yeah. That my, uh, my, I think I told you this, Zach, I was actually really nervous going into this recording because I was like, Oh no, like picking this movie. I just know that Scott and Jake are both going to think that it's boring in the middle. <laughs> that was I, my prediction. <laughs> I didn't think it was boring, but I felt the length. Cause I remember like every time it would like change dates. I'm like, Oh God, we got to get to 2011. And <laughs> like, Cause I, re- I remember where I was when they announced it. And I was at my aunt and uncle's house uh, in Laverne. Cause I was going to college at Cal Poly Pomona and it was in my first year there. And I knew I was like, that happened in 2011. And so I was like, God, we got to get to 2011. Right. And it's 2004 right now. So uh, that was a, that was a question I was going to ask, but we'll save it through getting through your and Jake's uh, initial reactions. But I was going to ask, do you remember where you were when, uh, when the news broke? Mm -hmm. But uh, Scott, what do you think, you know, just overall impressions rewatching this. Yeah. All in all, I, I, it's a good movie. I think the acting was really good. I thought cinematography was really good. I thought, uh, there was a lot of like emotion tied in. There was, I was, um, locked in on, uh, the main character story arc of like 
feeling like this is her like duty and she's not doing anything else besides like doing this one thing. And, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was compelling. I thought it was long at times and I felt the length, but I wasn't, I wouldn't even in the length, I wouldn't say I was bored. I mm-hmm. just felt it being long. Yeah. Yeah. Jake, what about you? First time? Um, yeah. So I think like when you picked it and I looked into it a little bit, I got a little bit worried because like Scott said, I knew that this happened in 2011. I was like, this movie came out in 2012. Like uh, this is a cash grab yeah, for sure. Like it's going to be terrible and they just put it out cause they knew people would watch it. Um, and it, I don't think it was that I, you gave us some interesting trivia before we started that this movie was in development before we actually killed bin Laden. Yeah. And I was like, that makes sense. Cause mm. it doesn't feel like it was very hastily done, you know, and it, it didn't feel like that, but I was definitely worried going into it that it would be, I think I did feel the length, uh, and I did get a little bit bored at times. Um, but all in all, like I thought it was solid. I thought it was a good movie. Uh, and I'm very glad I watched it. I don't know that unless somebody's like, I haven't seen it. And I want to watch it. Uh, I don't know that I would watch it again, but I'm, I'm super glad I watched it. And I thought it was, I thought it was good, but I did get a little bit bored in the middle. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I don't think as I sit and like think about the movie, it's something that I would go back to a lot, but I, I think it was like critically good, but it's not something that I'm like, Oh, let's watch this. But uh, it, I've got to say, like, I, I agree. I think the acting was really good. And there were some people in there that I was excited to see, like watching, watching Mark Strong be American was so weird. Yeah. Uh, and like, uh, I was excited to see Chris Pratt. And I feel like there were a couple other people and James Gandolfini, who okay, I just started watching The Sopranos and I was like, hey, yeah, you know, Gabagool or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so uh, James Gandolfini, I guess, uh, had like said somewhere like in an interview or something like that um he had apologized to leon panetti who he was playing the the head of the cia uh the director of the cia he had apologized like in advance for you know whatever portrayal he was going to give of him Uh sort of i think as a joke and a producer like Leon Panetti actually got in touch with one of the producers uh, because uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, this movie was made uh, in cooperation with the CIA and the Obama administration. Oh, wow. Um, So they like consulted on the film. And uh, so one of the producers was talking to Leon Panetti and he like relayed that. And, uh, and he went back to James Gandolfini and said like, Hey, uh, Leon Panetti doesn't know how to get in touch with you. Can I give him your number? And he was like, the head of the CIA can't get in touch with me. Yeah, like, That's <laughs> wild. It makes me, a li- makes me feel a little bit less safe. I know, right? <laughs> oh man. I mean, you know, ostensibly it's like he could, he's just trying to not like draw attention to the fact that sure he can abuse his power. I'm to- <laughs> he has access to it, but he's trying to do it in a way that's not, what I what I think about acceptable. Yeah. Uh, the government and ethical uh, <laughs> contacting people. I don't know. Have you ever heard Zach Galifianakis talk about how Obama called him once after they did between two ferns? No. And he was just like, they were like, oh, hey, the president's going to call you. And he's like, the president has my number, you know, and then like he was just like out somewhere and he just like sat down and then he just was like, and Obama called him and he's like, I really liked working with you. Thanks. And like, I was just like, that's how I picture the government. It's like, Hey, like you're about to get a call. Right. Yeah. From this. There's pre calls. Like make sure you answer. Yeah. (laughs) Not like, Hey man, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to talk to you. Oh man. But yeah, I, I really liked James Gandolfini in this. I was excited to see him in it. I like him. I've seen him in like 
not very many things, but I liked him in this. I'm liking him in The Sopranos. Um, I forget what the name of the movie is, uh, but there's a movie, Jake, that I'm going to recommend to you. I think you would really like a lot. Uh, it's Last Castle. James Gandolfini <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Okay. And uh, it's a really good movie. A lot of, lot of heart. I, it's a fun time. Is, is it funny? Because I feel like Julia Louis-Dreyfus is very funny, and I feel like... James Gandolfini is very funny in The Sopranos. It's dry. Okay. Yeah, it's not really a comedy. Yeah. But there is humor in it, for sure. But the humor that's there is very dry. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Wait, what did you say it was called? Sorry. I don't remember. Oh, okay. I'll so you'll up. just have to look it up. <laughs> that's yeah. enough information. <laughs> Google it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Where do you guys remember where you were uh, when, when we killed Osama bin Laden? I remember it happening, like... And in, in, when I was in high school, I think I just heard before I went to school that day, you know, mm. I want to say it might've been the day after. I don't know. I wasn't really watching the news when I was in high school or yeah. now. Uh, so I might've been behind the curve a little bit, but I remember people talking about it that day, but I don't remember where I was when I heard it specifically. I don't, I straight up just don't remember. Yeah. It's kind of funny. So this happened, uh, we're, we're actually releasing this episode like a week too late to have been like (laughs) (laughs) exactly one week, exactly one week too late. We released a different episode, uh, but (laughs) a different Catherine Bigelow movie of all things. Um, but, uh, I was, it was my 21st birthday. And, uh, so I was, very uh, inebriated in Las Vegas and didn't hear about this for like days later uh, because I was going to say, were you that guy in that video Zach showed me? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a, what was that? Like a, like a press conference kind of thing. And he's like, wait, what? You know, it's just some drunk guy in a club. It was like, just yeah. some on the news dancing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, that was me for sure. But yeah, I didn't hear about this for, for days later. Um, because on this trip, because I, it was my 21st birthday, I had decided to not really have access to my phone cause I didn't want to, you know, get in some sort of fiasco. That's fair. Yeah. That's funny. And, uh, no one in Vegas seemed to like know or care <laughs> that, that we had killed Osama bin Laden. It wasn't big news. It wasn't big everyone news Everyone else Vegas. was so, also doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but also nothing gets into <laughs> nothing Vegas from gets. the outside. It's a black hole. Yeah. By the way, the name of that movie was Enough Said. Enough Said. Yeah. Good, yeah. good little movie. Uh, Zach, do you remember where you were? No. Okay. I don't. I was probably in class or something too. I was also in high school. Yeah. I, no I remember that evening uh, we were at, I was at my uncle's house and we were eating Chipotle. It was mm. good. Yeah. It's <laughs> the reason why I ask is like everyone remembers where they were. Like 9/11. everyone remembers nine 11, oh, you yeah. know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like that days emblazoned. And for a lot of people, this, this is a, especially probably for like New Yorkers and, and people affected the, this day is equally emblazoned, but for some people it's really not. It, it's weird. Like that day, uh, it for sure is for me with nine 11 and for some reason, not a fan of his never have been, but like bin Laden, w- nope. <laughs> not what I was going to say. Michael Jackson, for some reason, like I oh. vividly remember hearing Michael Jackson died. Oh, I don't know I, where, where, I was. where I was. Speaking of Michael Jackson dying. This is, I mean, just so funny to me, and it's a, a very much a, a detour, but uh, apparently, my girlfriend is Indian, and she was actually living in India at the time, and apparently he was like a superstar there. I mean, like, he was a superstar everywhere, but, like, but like, carry on. But like, 
every, like there was like like they got the day off school. Wow. And oh. like people were killing themselves. Like a national <laughs> icon. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, like people were like attempting suicide because they were so upset that Michael Jackson died. Wow. Uh, and I thought I was it was like, like in protest. No. In protest <laughs> of his death. Yeah. Like, Come back, Michael. Uh, and I just thought that I'm was. I'm going to kill myself over this. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was one of the craziest things she had ever told me. Yeah. And, and I was like, but if Michael Jackson was that big in a, like a non English, like I guess they speak English there, but like, you yeah, know, yeah, it's like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's not the official language. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was shocked. Anyways. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So she remembers Michael Jackson's death pretty well. Pretty so, vividly. It's like everyone yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah, it's their 9-11. <laughs> the Indian 9-11. Where were you when Michael Jackson died? <laughs> it was, I, I was having a birthday party, actually, that day. You were? Oh, died. okay. Yeah. And then somebody came and like, hey, did you hear Michael Jackson died? And I was like, no. So you were like the drunk guy in the video, but with Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, but with Michael. Yeah. <laughs> it was your and birthday like 12. party? <laughs> yeah, it was my birthday. So it happened in June? I think so. Interesting. It's funny that uh, we have a lot of uh, birthday uh, birthday tragedies. <laughs> it didn't happen on my birthday. I didn't have the party on my birthday, but oh, like okay. around then. Yeah. Uh, I guess this wasn't a tragedy, uh, depending on who you ask. <laughs> it, was, it was in India. <laughs> yeah. It was a travesty. Um, anyway, uh, I love this movie. I, I think I agree with you about the the length, like really feeling the length. I think I felt that watching back this time through. Um, I will say though, the last, I like how they break this movie up in like the chapters that they have. I'm a fan of that in general. Yeah, me too. Um, and so the last chapter of this movie, I could watch every day. Mm, yeah. Like once, once uh, the, uh, Dev grew, which is like, uh, I, I said this a little bit off air, but like people oftentimes miss, miss like refer to them as seal team six, but they're, they're, they're known as dev grew special warfare development group. Um, but like once we meet those guys, I think the chapter is called canaries. I, I love that entire chapter. I think it's perfect from start to finish that chapter. Uh, and if the whole movie were just that, it would be a 10 for me. Yeah. And like, I think that is part of the reason why, like, I think I was getting, I was a little bit bored of the movie and I was like, Oh, this is just okay. But then we ended there and I was, and so like, you know, that's just like the, the last taste of the movie in right. your mouth. And I was like that, like this is a good ending. So I feel like that probably brought the whole thing up for me as a movie. You it, know, it's kind of funny. Like we talk about, we've talked about on this podcast several times, like, it's a it's a common thing for movies to have third act problems, uh-huh. but I feel like uh, Catherine Bigelow just has second act problems. Like her third act in like Hurt Locker, in this, even in Point Break, all really great and like action packed and like leave you with a great taste in your mouth. But the whole middle there, it's like, eh. I mean, if I had to choose something to struggle, I would choose the second act because I'd rather end the movie still. I agree. Yeah, I don't remember about it. PB having a tough second act. Uh, no, no, no. All right. When they threw a dog. That was awesome. (laughs) That was the the highlight of the second act. The chase scene. (laughs) Getting two meatball meatball sandwiches. Yeah. (laughs) All really cool. The, the red herring raid on the drug den. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, I, what what did you guys think about how this movie opens? Because we open really aggressively with, uh, you know, about 30 minutes of torture. Well, you know what? Before that, actually, I had a, a similar experience to when I watched West Side Story where like like we the, the picture comes on and then it's black screen and just audio for a long time. Oh, yeah. And I was like, is my is it not working? And then I backed out of it and I came back <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, this is just black screen again. Yeah. I feel like they should like give me something so that I know <laughs> I, that I know. Uh, but yeah, then it was rough. Yeah. I was like pretty, pretty uncomfortable for like, it's just like, it's not fun to watch torture no. in general. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's like, there was a, this movie had a lot of criticism around that, but I mean, I'm, I'm glad to have seen it so that I can feel more like, uh, like I, I don't know. I think America, this was a thing that America did. And I think that regardless of what you feel about like en- enhanced interrogation techniques, I think it's good to be confronted with the, the like ugly reality of it. Yeah. That was a thing where like, I wasn't like, Oh, I wish they didn't include this. I just, I, I don't want to be watching it right now, but it, it, at the same time, it's like, man, that's that's a bummer that that was something that we did, you know. It's a little little Schindler's List ish, where you're like, I don't want to be watching this, but I guess it's it's good to see. Yeah, yeah, I I think I'm with you on that. Like, I I appreciate when when real ugly events are portrayed. Like, I think that uh, sometimes with movies and and television shows, like there can uh, that deal with hard like realistic. Uh, events past events like there's kind of the the discussion of like is showing it glorifying it right and I don't think that inherently it is like I think it's really the way that you deal with that with with the depictions of it and whatnot and like I didn't feel like this movie was glorifying torture um it, it just felt very like pragmatic in its uh dealing with that and so I I think it's good that it's a part of it because it was a part of how we got bin Laden like and so I think show it the way that it, it happened it, like I don't know and I, I don't know where I fall on if they glorified it but I feel like like parts of this were like like they were talking and then it what they were like oh politics is changing we can't do this anymore and I feel like that like everybody treated it as a bad thing Right. And they're like, how am I supposed to do this? I can't enhance interrogate these guys. And then like, they're like, uh, there's even that line that I forget the guy's name, the guy who like mentored her. He's like, look, it's changing. You don't want to be the last person caught with a dog collar in your hand. Not like, oh, this was not a great thing we were doing. It's like, oh, you just, you're not allowed anymore. I guess like in maybe some of those people truly felt that way. Right. I don't think that that means that the film is glorifying it though. Yeah. I think it existed because people did believe that it would be effective yeah i guess i guess we just didn't see like the other side of it so it it felt more like it felt more like it this thing that was being imposed upon our characters and they thought it was severely handicapping them instead and it wasn't like somebody was like hey like this is like really not great (laughs) you know like nobody said that in the movie i feel like i didn't need anyone to say that I (laughs) i guess i i wouldn't have needed i wouldn't have felt like i needed it if uh, people didn't seem so disappointed that they couldn't do it anymore, <laughs> you know, where like then, then, then it's like, then it's like, you know, like, and I, it's not like I'm saying they did anything wrong. Like this is how it happened. And these were the people we were following. Right. But like, I can see the case for somebody to make where they're right. like, this is glorifying that. Yeah. Maybe for those reasons. Yeah. I guess well, I could see that. I think it's one of those things too, like with like 
being in like law enforcement or being like in the military, like you do start to get jaded views of other people or groups of people that you're regularly like having as quote unquote, the bad guy. It can erode your empathy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's interesting that you brought up Jake, uh, like that you didn't get that other part. Like you didn't see the other side of it. Um, because when I was watching this movie, it reminded me actually of a movie that came out a few years later. It, it, it came out in 2019, but did you guys ever see the movie, the report? Oh gosh, mm. no, I didn't. So good. You've seen it. Yeah. With Adam driver. It's, it's all about them investigating like America's use of like torturing essentially. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's the, uh, the other hand of, of what you're talking about. It's uh-huh. essentially, yeah. yeah. What you're saying, you kind of wish that we could have gotten a little bit more of. And I feel like it, not even just in terms of subject matter, just the way that it was shot too. Like like the technical aspects of the movie, the report reminded me of Zero Dark Thirty. Totally. I feel like they would make good companion movies. So they should be bundled on Apple TV. Yes. They, yeah, I think honestly, I think yeah. they'd make a good bundle. Yeah, that would yeah. be a very interesting, but because I feel like you see bundles of movies that are similar, and I guess like these are similar, but it's similar, like 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 different points of view. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a very interesting bundling tactic. Yeah. But it's weird. I never felt like, I, I never felt like Zero Dark Thirty was like taking a stance. I didn't think it was either, but, but like- But people complained that it did. And, and I, and, yeah. like hearing yeah. their complaints, I can sort of see their case. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, I, I think I'm with, with you. you. I can see how they would feel that way. I just never got that impression mm-hmm. myself. Uh-huh. Well, it's it's mostly just because it. I can understand how someone could feel like, it. they feel like, oh, the enhanced interrogations are what led us to actually getting Osama. Yeah. When that wasn't really the case. And then on top of that, like it almost seemed like not having enhanced interrogation really slowed down the process. Right. It hampered the yeah. the progress of the, yeah. Yeah, there there are uh, some elements. I think, you know, it. it's kind of funny. Leon Panetti uh, like kind of broke like a, an age old like, sort of non-written rule of neither confirm nor deny uh, or unwritten rule, I should say. Uh, he came out as like, soon as this movie came out, he made a public statement saying that while we did work with them, this is a dramatization and not historic. Uh, and I think that it was uh, like a way of distancing the agency from mm-hmm. the first part of the movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, because it's kind of funny that like we do have you know, this picture of America, uh, in this movie, uh, the beginning of the movie paints us in a very bad light. The end of the movie paints us in a very good light. And it's kind of funny having those two things together. And I think that's what works so well about this movie for me is because it has those two. Like if, if this movie was just the last chapter, like I talked about earlier, I feel like it would be a a poorer movie. Yeah, that's what like I think I was I was talking to my girlfriend before I watched it and I was like, ah, I feel like this is going to be propaganda, you know, where like like I feel like it's going to be cash grab propaganda. I had never seen it and I was just basing it off of the things I was talking about earlier. And I don't think it was that. Yeah, but I was a little bit worried at first. Sure. And I think it would have been I think I would have felt more that way if the movie would have been as you described it, like just the last half. It's interesting, too. I was just thinking about how like the main character seems to be consistent with like even like wanting to do the like easier tactic to get the result 
Right. Because she was like, yeah, if it were up to me, I, we would have just dropped a bomb on the place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess we got to like follow protocol and <laughs> but like be able to have plausible deniability. The people in charge, the people in charge don't believe in this enough. And so they're uh-huh. sending you guys in instead. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that line. I almost suggested that uh, just because it cracks me up when uh, like Chris Pratt pushes back against her a little bit there. And she says, I didn't even want to use you guys. I hate you guys with your dip and your gear and mm-hmm. all your BS. Like, <laughs> yeah. Kind of cracked me up. I, did, I thought it was funny that like they came in and I was like, oh, these just, they do kind of seem like bros. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's what she says. Your, your dip, your Velcro and your gear. Yeah. <laughs> like <a> Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they do really come off as bros and, and I, I think that that is a good thing because, you know, these guys, they really are the, like one of the most elite groups of warriors in the world. And, uh, they are just real people though. Oh. Um, like I, I, I have read a handful of books from, you know, from or about some of these type of guys. And it's easy for us to think about them like a, uh, um, Chuck Norris movie kind of a thing, like just very one dimensional, very just, you know, they're just badasses and that's it. Um, but they're very like human, normal, average, mm-hmm. everyday people. And the higher up you get in the military, especially in this, in this factor of like eliteness, not necessarily rank, but eliteness. I, my experience is the higher up you get, the less assuming they are. The less like jar heady. Yeah. Mm, like they're, they're not like, you know, beat, beat my chest, you know, like yeah. everyone pay attention to me kind of a thing. Um, but they're just regular, regular dudes kind of thing. They're, they're kind of bro uh-huh. you know, they spend all their time just hanging out together, building these intense bonds with each other. And then they go run a mission, come back yeah. and, Toss the pigskin around. Yep. It is. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. interesting that you um, like use the term one dimensional um, because I, I agree with you that like, I think that there were a lot of characters in this movie or like type of characters in this movie that could have been super one dimensional that weren't. But I also think that there were some that were very one dimensional, like not everyone's performance really worked for me in this movie. Who, like who? Michael from lost. Oh yeah, <laughs> I hated yeah, Michael and I lost. And I think that biased me too much against him. I guess, he was too small for me to really even. Have I know. An I'm just teasing. Yeah. I just wanted to bring yeah, that up. Definitely. Um, but maybe Kate's uh, officer from Lost. Oh yeah. <laughs> <The cop. laughs> no, not not even him. I was just making another Lost reference. But um, no, like uh, like on the positive side, kind of like you're talking about the Dev Crew guys. Like I did think that they portrayed them well. Yeah. They're joking around. They're you know they're they do kind of have that bro mentality. But then also just by their conversations about all the like tactical information, you can tell they're very intelligent. Oh yeah. They're very good at their jobs. I really enjoyed Chris Pratt. Joel Edgerton, all of those guys I liked. Obviously, Jessica Chastain was really good in this movie. I thought James Gandolfini was a scene stealer. Every mm. scene he was in, I thought he was really great. Um, but like Mark Strong, I, I didn't care for his performance in this movie. Who's he again? He was the guy that came in screaming at them. Like, if if you think there's another group of people, another work group that's going to like come in and save the uh, day, you're wrong. Yes, We're Merlin. It. Yeah, Merlin. Yeah. Him, like Kyle Chandler, like they all kind of felt like one dimensional government agent type roles. Bureaucrats. It yeah. was 
I think like I couldn't even think about Mark Strong's performance because I was honestly so distracted seeing him being an American guy. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like it plays though. Like I, I feel like if everyone would have been so multidimensional, been too much to take in. It may, and I, I was feel just, like you need some one dimensional characters. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I was I was gonna say I don't really fault the movie for for that because there's there's so much to do, and the point is not like to develop characters. The point like the point of this movie is the plot. And there's so much plot that even with all of like all of the plot that we have, we all still collectively kind of felt like there was still so much of it and at times was a little hard to get through. And so if they were trying to flesh out every character, I think I agree with you, it probably would have been too much. But at the same time, at times it still just kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I don't know. I think like it didn't rub me the wrong way, probably because like you're saying, like we're we're telling a story here and like this this aspect of say Mark Strong's character is the only thing that really came to light in this story. Right. Like, so like that's like that, that that's his own, that's the only way he matters to the story. Like yeah. it wasn't like he was a huge role. Like he had this kind of like tangential relationship and it, 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 it doesn't surprise me that like we didn't get to see a lot of sides of him because a lot of the time he had to be that like come in and yell at you guys for doing this or whatever. Yeah. And, and I like, I don't know I have no context for like the real people that they base these characters off of, uh-huh. but just there were some characters in this that just felt like like a Jason Bourne type, a government agent. Like yeah. it just felt like it had the emotional depth of one of them. To where it's like maybe you could have added some more like nuanced characteristics or quirks that just felt a little bit more genuine and real. Mm-hmm. I think some of these characters just felt like movie characters, and then some of them felt like real life people. Interesting. I think there's something. Uh, Two things. One, I agree with you. There are plenty of characters that are pretty one-dimensional, but I think the 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 three-dimensionality of all of the, maybe like the sum of all the characters is really impressive to me um, because it is a movie that is really about telling a story. It's not really about, you know, getting emotional investment in all these characters. But with Maya, they, they do a really great job of like building that and like her relationships with other people. And even like you had joked about uh, Kate's cop from yeah. Lost, that, that guy, they just refer to him as the wolf. Um, apparently based on a real character or a real actor in this, a real person um, who did like a white man who converted to Islam as an adult. And like they didn't need to show us that for his, like his character is really actually not that, important in the movie like mm-hmm. we only have yeah, like two or three smaller, scenes he's a smaller character than kyle chandler or mark strong yeah yeah um but we didn't need to show that he's in fact muslim for anything really mm-hmm. um it just gave a little bit of like dimensionality and i liked that i thought I did that too. was really interesting and i thought that they developed um i'm, I'm blanking on her name but maya's friend yeah the one and i i thought that they developed that character really really well because we come in and at first i didn't like her she's kind of butting heads with me oh, yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. and you're like this girl's kind of she's a little she'd be hard to get along with and then they develop a friendship and then obviously the way that she dies is heartbreaking mm-hmm. i thought that that was a really well-developed character she kind of looked like a young meryl streep yeah i i okay. guess i could see that uh that's actually all a true story by the way um that's based on a real cia officer um, that was like kind of a hard charger, uh, in Alex station, which was developed before nine 11, because we had been sort of tracking Osama bin Laden for a while. Um, he had in the nineties, um, you know, really begun financing terror organizations. 
uh, and was responsible for for an attack on Americans before 9/11. And she was the the uh, that character uh, is based on on this real agent that was really like you know one of the most uh, knowledgeable people about Osama bin Laden. And, uh, she did actually die in that, in that fashion. Uh, in, I think it wasn't Bagram air force base, but in air force base, uh, in, I think Pakistan and, uh, really horrific. I mean, it was, it was, I think the, the deadliest CIA, uh, like attack to date. Wow. Yeah. Like I think nine operatives were killed which is insane. You know, it's, and, and it was exactly that. It was the, the, she had developed a, a contact that was like, would the would be doctor of Osama bin Laden. And then he, uh, he was a suicide bomber, but yeah, I felt like she should have saw it coming. That was my thought. I was like, you're, you're letting him in. You're not going to do the check. Yeah. All of that, all of that is is uh, apparently, according to you know, books written about her and about that attack, very like true to history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess she just had developed a relationship with him and thought she could trust him, and she couldn't. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say about like one dimensionality of some of these people is um, we all know a CIA case officer. We've all met a CIA case officer, and uh, like not the most like emotive person. You know what I mean? Like the, the kind of people that end up at the CIA are a little bit like flat, either they attract flat people or they like train them to be flat. I'm not sure, but he did. Speaking of that guy did one of the coldest things I've ever seen in my life where (laughs) we were, we'd been like setting up a a thrower. We're going to do skeet shooting. And then he was setting up, he was testing it out and then he was operating the thrower himself and then hit every, every clay pigeon and then popped the barrel and then the shells ejected and he just caught them both. (laughs) And I was like, that, that's just one of the coldest things I've seen in my life. (laughs) Those things got to be hot too. (laughs) Didn't even care. They're a lot. Yeah. Uh, Just, just loved that I saw that. <laughs> you just think about it sometimes. I think about it often. Like, <laughs> really? Maybe monthly. He was, he's cool. Yeah. Cool guy. What? Uh, Shout out to you. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just name drop. <laughs> Docs. You have a knock on the door right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even on the air yet. Uh-uh. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> we're we were listening to your to live stream. <laughs> yeah. We have a live stream. He's yeah. like, oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Not public. Money in, always money in the banana stand. Yeah. What did you guys think about uh, the, uh, like, I don't know, like the, the hunt for, you know, like all that time where, where Maya's just, you know, like in the grind was, was that the part that got slow for you or, or did you like that? I think it, it, it got a little bit slow in there. And then I think it pulled me back in when, when she started to meet a lot of resistance and they're like, you got to do this. Uh, like you got to like defend the homeland. And it was kind of like, uh, then I was like, oh, she feels like, like very, like, like very misunderstood and she gets it like, like, you know, like get the source and not the symptoms or whatever. And Mm. then, and then it kind of pulled me back in when, when she started to meet resistance for what she was doing. I don't know why. I think it kind of reminded me of the imitation game, which I like Mm. where like, like she, like I could see that, that she had the right idea and that the the other people just kind of didn't get it. 
you know, that's one of the bigger criticisms from people who are more in the know of like events is that it like maybe like, uh, incorrectly portrayed how, uh, much of a lone, like rogue lone wolf this, this person was that, that was responsible for, for the raid, um, that Maya's based on, uh, that like really like there were dozens and dozens and dozens of people that were working on this and that like believed in this, not just one person. Yeah, no. And I mean, it wasn't true of Alan Turing either, but from from a story perspective, it was just more interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's what made me bring it up is you, you have, uh, sort of infamously, uh, like, uh, watched the imitation game and then had it like de de uh romanticized for you. I still really like the movie, but I I read it. I I I was reading about it and I was like, "Oh, this is almost an outright fabrication." Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah, I think for me uh I, the length was in the middle. I liked all a, a lot of it though. I just feel like maybe it could have been tightened up a little bit. I feel like there was some extra fluff in there that didn't need to be there. Like two and a half hours felt a little long. Like when I started it and I thought it was two hours, I was like, that seems like a good length. You know, like if this movie would, I, I don't, and I don't know what specific scenes I would have cut out. Maybe some of the torture, or maybe some of the like middle stuff. Uh, but like if it was, if it was a little bit tighter. I think I would have, I would have had a lot easier time with some of it. I think that I not necessarily just made the movie shorter, but maybe cut out a little bit of the like plot and and add in just a little bit more room to breathe at times. Because Mm. I think that like there were times I'd feel a little bit of exhaustion just trying to keep up with everything going on and all of this detail that I need to keep track of that like if I could kind of like discipline myself to pay attention, I'm really enjoying. It's very interesting. I think I'm, I'm enjoying all of it, but like it kind of wore on me a little bit. And so maybe if there were some times where we had some moments of, of uh, like lightheartedness, mm. uh, not in a way that would have felt weird tonally, but maybe just some like more human moments and it wasn't just go, go, go yeah. for two and a half hours or three hours, however long this movie is, um, it, may, it maybe would have helped a little bit. Mm. Yeah, you know, and like I kind of thought we were gonna get that moment to breathe when like she was like having dinner at the Marriott, right? And then they get bombed, and then, and then it yeah. explodes. And you're they like, just dang it, pull the rug out from under you. <laughs> yeah. Also, a real event. I don't know if it was. I, I assume. I think so. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was a real event. I don't know that either of those two uh, people were, were actually were there. there. Yeah. Uh, but that was a yeah that the bombing of the Marriott was uh yeah no and like you can't obviously you can't change it like it happened but I was just like I don't remember that happening and so I was like oh okay just a little bit of time you know like they're gonna have a conversation they're gonna chat and I was like no that's that's not it <laughs> you know still right back in it yeah uh well I think this is like our ninth uh true story hmm. that we've done uh what how do you guys feel like this sort of like sits or rates for you as like a movie about true events what are some of the other ones that we've done 42 we just did yep uh braveheart mm-hmm. um napoleon died no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> it could be true i don't know what goes on in I. the goonies <laughs> the goonies yeah uh, the untouchables, Requiem uh, for a dream. No, but the untouchables for real, uh, Schindler's list, Zodiac, Zodiac spotlight. spotlight I mean, yeah. I would definitely put untouchables at the bottom King of that speech. list. 
It's it's um, it's one of the higher ones for me. I would say. Yeah, yeah I would say it's like like upper upper mid tier for me. Like I was super into the King's Speech. I was super into Forty Two, uh, and I'm trying to think about the other ones we just said there. But I, I feel like there was a third one I thought was better, but now I can't remember. Titanic. Um, Schindler's yeah. List. <laughs> oh, Schindler's List. Yeah, I was very into those. So out of nine, you know, I would maybe put this four. Okay. I typically love true story movies. Like it's, there's not, I do too. They're my preference. Yeah. So I would say they're all pretty up there for me. Oh, just in general, all true story yeah. movies so are going to sit Even higher. Untouchables <laughs> is up there for you? Um... <laughs> <laughs> no no okay that's the exception yeah. to that, the rule i don't know like i maybe i, I would have liked it more if i th- thought it was a true story when it was happening though go ahead <laughs> i <laughs> as a rule i don't think i prefer true stories because i like i just feel like when you are not and i mean some true stories do not make any like don't don't have this they don't but, make the claim yeah but like where like when you're not hampered by the real events which some true stories don't care and they just do whatever they want <laughs> you know uh like you you are freed up to tell what is maybe like a, a more, more interesting, interesting story because like real life isn't as interesting of a story it's real life you know so like real things happened it that way where like, I don't know. I'm, say, I'm not saying no good stories happen in real life, but like you can just kind of like do what you want and like pace the story a little better as we were talking about, because like, it's not real. Like real life doesn't care about the pacing you want. Right. You know? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could still can very much like a true story movie, but I would say I prefer to so watch a I, fake story. Do I, you not subscribe to the notion that the truth is stranger than fiction? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think the re- part of why I like it, more is because i know it's real and like so like it i'm less inspired by something made up it's weightier to you yeah, maybe because like you talk a lot about yeah. uh like emotional investment mm-hmm. in movies how important that is to you yeah do you think that real people instantly increases the stakes i do and i would caveat my real stories claim to inspiring real stories like, I don't think The Untouchables was inspiring in any way, which is why it was a whatever movie. Sure. Three. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think that like, and again, like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not necessarily always watching every movie to be inspired, but like, even with a, a fake movie or like a fake story, uh, like there's, I feel like there's just room to craft more, more inspiration because you can do what you want you just have to do it well. I right? think I feel the craftedness. <laughs> Interesting. I I don't relate to. I don't think any of this. Like I don't. <laughs> I don't think I'm preferential to either or. Like it, I think it's, if it's just a good movie and a good story, that's all. It's enough. I yeah. think that's where I am more than that. But I just was so fascinated by Scott saying he preferred a true story, and then I thought about it. And I was like, well, I don't know. Like you're you're a little bit limited. Like I feel like most of the movies I do like, and most of like the books I do like, are fiction. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not saying that I don't like fiction. You, I'm you saying have, prefer. You I'm saying famously. if I had, if I had, if I have an equal weighted movie that's fiction or nonfiction, I'm gonna choose the nonfiction. You have famously told me that you refuse to read fiction. He I just, just refuse refuses. To, to I don't want to read. He does. Yeah, it's it's a refusal to read. Not I, this is not like this isn't gonna play because I have to point. But we're sitting in Scott's house, and then if we look three I feet away from us, a lot. we're looking at five hundred books. <laughs> <laughs> I have read a lot, but it tired me out, and I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, audiobooks, man. 
If I, I've told you on countless occasions, if you buy me audiobooks, I'll listen to them. And also, Scott, is uh, you are a lot more likely to read nonfiction than you are fiction. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot harder time with audiobooks than I do regular books. Uh, I just got used to, I, I, I used to commute a lot now COVID happened and I don't commute anywhere, but uh, I just kind of got used to it. I commute a lot now and I, I have to be a lot more specific with the kind of books that I listen to because it's so much easier for me to tune out. I think at first I had to, where like I had to read something that I had already read. So like if I tuned out a little bit, then it would, I wouldn't be missing out. Yeah. But then you just kind of train yourself to listen a little bit differently i don't really know how to describe it and then i i can now i think i think where my issue is with books and i think this is a muscle i need to like learn to exercise is when i think of like reading or like doing anything in that realm i think of like improvement not enjoyment Mm. and so like for me it's like oh i read something to gain new knowledge or to improve myself in some way not to just have a good time yeah but you are a five correct yeah. On the Enneagram. On the Enneagram. Yeah. yeah. Like I've never like exercised that muscle really. And the few times we were forced into doing it, I associated it with just like homework. Right. And so it was never an enjoyable experience experience for me. But, but even though you're a five on the Enneagram, you do have pretty high four, don't you? Uh, yeah. I'm a wing four over a wing six. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, getting back a little bit <laughs> to this movie, um, another one of the like big criticisms that like I, I remember coming out around this time um, was the idea of like this movie being another one of those type of movies that sort of like fetishize um, the military and like the American military. And, and there were people who, um, you know, really like kind of talked about like, oh yeah, like we don't need to do that. Um, I personally disagree, but, uh, I was wondering for you guys, did you guys come out of this with any sort of like, um, I don't know, like patriotism, like a, a, like a renewed sense of like, we were talking about inspiration. Mm -hmm. Did it, did watching this movie inspire any kind of like, uh, patriotism kind of proud to be American for you guys? Uh, I don't think there was any like proudness to be an American from this movie. Okay. I think the inspiration that comes to me from this story is her like determination, not on anything from any of the like seal team six or dev grew, or I know there's the same, but um, like any of like the more like fighters is more from her, like putting in the work and like just being committed to like her craft. Mm. I I don't know if I, did or didn't i might have been too tired to feel inspired (laughs) (laughs) you know that rhymed too tired to be inspired yeah i'll put that on a bumper sticker (laughs) Uh, i'd buy that bumper sticker i'd slap that on my i'd slap that on my desk i think i did yeah a little bit yeah 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 i don't think i did as much watching it this time but i remember when we saw it in theaters i was really like i think i'm with you on that that was it was a very like uh swelling moment for me i think for me it was more negative like i think when i think of like the u.s and the military i dwell more on the beginning of the movie and i think negatively about who we are as a country Mm. versus positively yeah like if anything it was uninspiring Mm. to be an american for me yeah it's kind of funny like the two complaints that people had it's sort of like 
you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. You know, like we shouldn't have showed all the torture and also it's fetishizing the military. It's like, okay, well, which- yeah. Well, which one is it? Cause yeah. <laughs> cool. It's well, like what- that, uh, have you seen that episode of South park where, uh, the boys try to make, they just try to make a book that's disgusting and gross. And then everybody thinks it's the best book of all time, but mm. everybody thinks like, everybody has a million different opinions and they're like, Oh my gosh, it's like, it's super left leaning. And then the other people are like, you're an idiot. It's super right leaning. Yeah. They, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, what do you guys say? We put this one in the books. Yeah, we can, we can do that. I think you're going to be up first time. All right. I'm going to give this, uh, I, I feel bad giving this, uh, like any sort of qualifier like the, or, or, uh, <laughs> denominator denominator. Uh, I'm going to give this, uh, 9.2, uh, monkeys at, uh, CIA black sites. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jake. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, 7.8, I'm sorry to say, uh, dead Bin Ladens. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give this uh, 8.0 uh, men killed on the staircase. Zach? I'm going to give this movie 8.4 uh, badass Chris Pratt's. Mm. I would like to call out uh, what was my favorite part, which was when the guy came down and he was like all upset. He's like, I just shot that guy in the staircase. <laughs> and then Chris Pratt's like, come on, man. And he throws a bag at him. <laughs> so he <get> hard <laughs> I thought that, that was funny. Yeah, that is, it, it's actually, uh, I, I said this off, off the air, but um, it's actually uh, like from a book, one of the operators um, in that the guy that actually shot bin Laden um, that, that, that's how he described what happened. Like he had this moment of like, he told one of his buddies, like I just shot that guy and his buddy was like, okay. And he was like, what do I do now? And he said, we go get the computers. And he said, he like kind of snapped back into reality and was like, Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. That was a really surreal moment for me. (laughs) So that comes out to an 82% on rotten potatoes. Once again, the other guys gave this a 91%. And I'm to be gave it a 7.4. So we find ourselves right in between those two. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I can live with it. Uh, this comes out to movie number 33 out of 93. So it's almost in the top third. It's right there at that, that line. Well, uh, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to Jake. Oh, we are. Nice. Uh, we're going to be watching, I think, probably the least famous movie I've picked. It's uh, Seven Psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> But I would argue it's in your upper picks. I really like it. Yeah. It's one of your favorites that you've picked, right? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. All right. Well, Scott, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? When it comes to the true stories. (laughs) 